asking anybody below 40. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But isn't it awesome? You know, we hear so much about the next generation and they're going to hell in a Learjet and everything else. And then I see folks like this come in. And what an amazing job, guys. You give us hope for the future. So thank you. Let's give them another big hand. Come on, y'all. Good job. Good job. Well, some of you are going, man, Pastor, it's late. We're going to miss the playoff games. Well, let me just go ahead and put your mind at ease. The Cowboys are not playing, so it really doesn't matter today what happens, okay? So uh, since God's team's not in the playoffs for whatever reason, we're not going to worry about it now. We'll, uh, we're going to go through. I'm going to abbreviate this because I feel like God has been working on me all week. And uh, couldn't go to sleep till late last night. Woke up extra early this morning because God was working on me for this message today. And now I think I understand what he was doing. So if you've got your Bibles, lift them up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth, transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys sound great. You know, this week, uh, two big events happened in our community, and I know the Rogers family, Miss Maddie Mae, went home to be with the Lord, and we're praying for you guys. What a great, godly woman. What a heritage that she's left, and we're, th- we're thankful that she's with the Lord, and, and awesome to see the smiles and you guys knowing in that time of transition. We understand that. And then there was also a birth this week. We had uh, Rick and Feline, our brand new grandparents again, Madeline Delaney Weeks. How about that? How many pounds, ounces, and inches? I know that's a big deal. Seven, one, and 20. Do y'all not find it interesting? The only other time we weigh things is fishing. (laughs) Y'all get that? How big was the baby and how big was the fish? That's what we care about. Well, but we're had she's happy and healthy, and congratulations to you guys. And I think that's an interesting thing that Miss Maddie May goes on to be with the Lord, and then we have a new, and that's just the cycle of life, isn't it? You know, I don't know how many times I've, I've been to a, a service where I've officiated or been in a funeral, and you look, and you see the beginning date and the end date, but really life is lived in that dash, isn't it? What happens in that dash is the legacy that we'll leave behind. And I want to encourage you in something today. The two guys that came down this morning, their dash has changed. Something different is going to happen in their life now and in their legacy. And I I really think about that. Since none of us know when that end date will be, what are we doing now? And I think there's, there's times in our lives, especially this time of the year, it's a brand new year. And we're thinking, okay, I'm going to start new and I'm going to have resolutions and I'm going to do all these different things. And the truth is, the truth is, I don't want us to try to be better. I want us to be transformed. I'm going to say that again. I don't want us to try to be better. I want us to be transformed. If you've got your Bibles, your notes, look at Revelation 2, or excuse me, 21, verses 4 through 5. This is what the Word says. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne has said, I am making everything what? New. Not renovated. New. 
You know, we were uh, talking with some people the other day, and they were looking at a house, and we asked them to evaluate this house. So they went out, and the realtor went out and looked at it. And after she had gone through it for a while, she came back and said, you know what, guys, honestly, the best thing that can be done with this house is bulldozed all the way to the ground. Anybody ever been in a house like that? In other words, it's going to cost more to renovate it than it is to just destroy it and start all over, right? So here's the deal. In our lives, we try so hard, I think, many times to renovate it, and yet God's plan is, look, how about we just take your life and go all the way down to the foundation and start all over again? In other words, think about it this way. God doesn't patch you up. He builds you new. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't patch you up. He builds you new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person on the inside. He is not the same anymore, and a new life has begun. It's not the new and improved you. It's the different you. There's a Bible story, so if you've got your notes today, you're not going to need them a whole lot. So <laughs> I'm going to go off topic just a little bit, but if you've got your Bibles, and I think Becky's probably got on the screen, Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34, I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard Bible. It's a very popular story in the Bible. It's about a woman who had an issue of blood. And I want to talk about the difference between renovated and new. A woman, the Bible says, who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians, had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather she had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately after she did that, the flow of blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had proceeded from him and had gone forth, he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? The disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing, watch this, the woman, fearing and trembling, Aware of what had happened to her, came and she fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You know, there's a lot of things about this story that are really amazing. The first thing I want you to understand is in Old Testament times, when everyone had an issue of blood, that that person was considered unclean. So if the person had an issue of blood that was going like that, they couldn't be around anybody else. It was kind of like having leprosy. They were, they were taken away or put away from everybody else. You couldn't get near them. And, and then when the issue of blood stopped, they had to give sacrifices so that they could be accepted back in with everybody else. And this woman had had an issue of blood for 12 years. So she had been considered unclean for 12 years. And she was obviously a woman who had money because the Bible tells us that she spent all the money she had on physicians. So all these doctors came in, and and I think there's a reason that we call it a medical practice. (laughs) Because they were practicing, trying to figure out, that's nothing against physicians. You guys understand what I'm saying. They're trying to figure out what's going on. 
And she had spent everything over those 12 years trying to figure it out. And the Bible says not only did she spend all of her money, she didn't get better at all, she got worse. And now she's hopeless. And she, the Bible says she heard about Jesus. And you can imagine one day she's in her house and maybe she heard that Jesus was coming. And so she goes out and, and she sees Jesus and she realizes, I'm unclean. Matter of fact, anybody that she touches now becomes unclean. But what happens? She sees Jesus and sees the crowd around him and she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, maybe nobody will notice me. But if I can just get through the crowd, I don't, I don't, want, to be, I want, don't want to be a problem. I don't want it this to be about me. I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment. So she pushes through the crowd, and she gets up, and she leans down, and she touches the garment. And immediately, she becomes well. And Jesus is walking through the crowd, and there's, imagine, a huge crowd around him, bumping and jostling. And he says, he stops, and he says, wait a minute, wait a minute, something just happened. What just happened? Somebody touched me. Power went out from me. And the disciples did what you and I would do. Jesus, everybody's touching you. There's hundreds of people. I mean, you've been touched. How, we don't know how many times people have run into you. Jesus said, no, 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 this was different. Power went out from me. You know, I talked to some people earlier today, and one of the things that we talked about, when I look at the Bible and I read about people in our Bible that did amazing things from God, they come from all different kinds of backgrounds. Different backgrounds ethnically, different backgrounds spiritually, different backgrounds socially. There were rich priests and there were prostitutes. There were kings and there were businessmen. There were nobodies and there were somebodies. There were, all the, there were men, women, and kids. It was, it was the whole gamut of the world, all these different kinds of people. And Jesus interacted with each of them. But you know what's interesting? The people that Jesus did something with were those that were willing. And so think about it. There's hundreds of people in this crowd, I would suspect, that are bumping into Jesus, but only one got healed. Was it because she was smarter than everybody else? No, as a matter of fact, in this situation, the way I read it, Jesus was her last resort. Well, I've done everything else. I guess I'll go to Jesus. Anybody know what that's like? But you know what? Did he cast her away for that? Not at all. But you know what I notice about her that really inspires me is her focus. She said, I'm willing to go against religious convention. I'm willing to put myself uncomfortably. These people know me. They know that I'm unclean, but she didn't let that stop her. She pushed through the crowd, and she didn't want to bother Jesus. She just wanted to be healed, and she wanted to do the least thing that she could think of, and that was just touch the hem of his garment. But her faith got Jesus' attention. And I was thinking today as I was going over the, these notes and thinking about this, I think of the people that Jesus interacted with, and you know what really moved him was faith. The Roman centurion, the father whose son was demon-possessed, and, and who Jesus, Jesus said, hey, do you want me to do something here? And he said, well, Jesus, if you can do anything, Jesus is like, if I can do anything, oh, you have little faith, right? 
But he'd, but he'd never cast aside anybody like that. I want you to notice something here. If you look on the screen, watch, happen, watch what happened here. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. And notice what she did here. She told him the what? This is going to help somebody. Did Jesus know her whole story? But what did he want her to do? Tell me. Tell me. And I think for many of us, and I'm so proud of these guys coming down today and all the others that have turned their life around as, as they've come to Christ, here's what Jesus wants you to do. Tell me what's going on. It's not because he needs to know. It's that we need to get it out. We need to be honest with Jesus, not for Jesus. The Bible says this, confess your sins one another, not that you'll be forgiven, that you'll be healed. And here's what we do. I'll let God have some of this, but there's some things in here that are a little too dirty. Can I just say this to you today as you get ready to start the new year? Here we are. Do me a favor, but more importantly, do yourself a favor. Allow God to shine the light in on some of these areas of your life and be healed. We sang that song, there's no mountain high enough. There's no darkness deep enough. His blood is enough to cover all of your sin. And when she, when he, when she told him the whole truth, guys, she got it all out. And let me just tell you something. Darkness and light cannot abide in the same place. So when darkness, there's only one thing that gets rid of darkness. Guess what that is? Light. And so you know what happens? When we allow and we expose that sin to Jesus, you know what he does? He shines a light on it. He doesn't condemn us for it. But once it's out there in the open, he can deal with it. But what a lot of us do is say, I'll give you 99%, but I don't know about this last one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're getting real, aren't we? Say, Pastor, why are you telling me this? Because I want you to be healed. And it's a new year, and many of you have made resolutions. Many of you have said, hey, I'm going to lose weight. Crystal, I figured this out. Yeah. Here's how you lose weight. You eat less than you burn. I'm a genius. I should write a book. This is not rocket science. Is it? Burn more calories than you eat, you'll lose weight. <laughs> we complicate stuff, don't we? And when I see the scripture here and the Lord says, just lay it out. Let me shine light on it and let's deal with it. And if you want to start a new year right, if you want to get things right before God, what you need to do is you need to get it all out before him and say, God, you already know. Heal me. You say, well, pastor, I'm embarrassed. Let me tell you something, guys. There's a person in the Bible, the woman caught in adultery in front of the whole town. And the grace and the mercy of God are extended to her in front of everybody. Why? Her sin was exposed. And there were people around her, religious leaders around her, who had his sin in their life, and they didn't get healed. 
but she did. So who was the winner that day? Her. So here's what I would say to you. Well, pastor, I, I got to get this out. I don't know what's going to, listen, you need to get healed. Otherwise, you're going to go another year with this stuff and another year with this stuff. And you're going to be pretty good, but you're never going to be completely whole. And Jesus didn't die so you could be okay. I'm going to say that again. Jesus did not die so that you could be okay. He died so that you could have an abundant life and overcome adversity and be the light of the world. That's why he died. So don't hold back. Give everything to him. And if you'll do that, he'll forgive you and he'll heal you, and he'll empower you, and you will have a life worth living. And that's how you have an amazing 2018. That's how you do it. Amen? Shortest sermon I've ever preached. (laughs) But it was awesome! (laughs) Listen to me. Love you guys so much. We really do. This is going to be an awesome year. You see what's going on out here? Isn't it cool? They still won't let me help. I can't climb over the net. <laughs> it's like that tall. Think about the lives that are going to be touched. Think about the lives that are going to be changed. That's what's going on. Every bolt that goes in, every piece of metal that goes up, another life being changed. It's going to be incredible that we get to be a part of that. What an awesome time to be here. Amen. But when it comes down to you this year, let God have everything. Let him have it. Go all in with him. Amen? I want to pray over you. And then I'm going to release you. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Lord, thank you today for the students coming up and just worshiping with us. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, thank you for them Before school's even started, Lord, they've come back and are helping, and we appreciate that. But Father, I just pray for all of us today as we're here, that Lord, that we would really open up our hearts to you, that Father, we would be honest with you like this woman was and just tell you everything. Jesus, you tell us you did not come to condemn the world, but that we would be saved. You didn't come to wag your finger at us and tell us how bad we are. You came to pay the price so that we could be free regardless of what we've done. That's why you died. So if there's anybody here today that you would say, Pastor, I need to, be, I need to do that. I need to, just, I need to just give him everything today. There's some areas in my life I just need to give to God. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I see your hands, amen, I see your hands. Thank you guys for your faithfulness. Thank you for your honesty. Amen, I see your hands. But you know what, more importantly, God does. Let me tell you what, guys, that's why we're here. We're not here to play church, I see your hand. We're here to be the church. And the hands and feet of Jesus and the words of Jesus that forgive us and make us whole, that's what we're here for. And those of you that raised your hand this morning, God's forgiveness is for you. Let's all stand this morning. There are hands that went up all over the place. So so here's what we're going to do. I know there's also people here that didn't raise your hand that meant to. You know who you are, right? 
Let me just tell you something. God's love and mercy is greater than your sin. Let's grab your neighbor's hand this morning. Let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for loving me. Today, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, you know what's in my heart. I ask you today to clean me, make me whole, make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now listen to me. We have this thing called Wednesday night services. (laughs) There are some of you (laughs) that aren't here. (laughs) But here's what I want you to do. We don't do these because we get gold stars. We do these for you. Trish is going to be teaching a class, Lioness Rising. Ladies, you should come to that. I'm going to be teaching on Wednesday night. Guys, we have our our student classes going on for, uh, we've got an awesome church. And if you're not taking advantage of all this, man, you're missing out. So I want to encourage you to come on Wednesday night. We're usually only here like three hours. I'm lying. Like till 7, 7.15, so it won't take all that long, but come. It's for you, Right? All right, everybody turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad to see you. And then you guys have a great day. We'll have the worship team up here for those of you that want to meet them.